When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take One more place, Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 24, 16. Hallelujah. You got it? If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're flipping to Nahum, you're going to pretend like it's Proverbs. <laughs> Say, I'm never. <laughs> Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man. Uh, who, who's that talking about? Uh, you said, Bishop, uh, but I'm not perfect. No, it doesn't say perfect. It says righteous. God makes you righteous. When he was on the cross and he does everything Mel Gibson said he did. When he was on the cross, what he was doing was making you in right standing with him. That's what righteous means. Righteous means I have the ability and I have the authority to stand right with God. Look at the neighbor and say, you're righteous. righteous. Now, see, most people get righteous and perfect mixed up, so they think they're not good enough, not understanding in your flesh it ain't never about that being good enough because that ain't never going to quite be what it needs to be. But in God, he makes you righteous. Touch your neighbor and say, it's good to see a righteous person. Good to see a righteous person. So now watch this. So that means this verse is talking to who? Everybody in here. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with everybody, that is, if you know we come this far by faith, you know everybody. You know some of everybody. Y'all was singing that song, too. Y'all was marching how they used to march. Y'all remember how to. <laughs> for a righteous man, who that? That's sums. Now make it personal. Say me. me. For a righteous man. Who's that? Me. May fall seven times. But there's a promise. He's going to get right back up again. Now I'm talking to somebody that feels like you're in a ditch right now. Somebody that feels like you're at the lowest point you've ever been in your life right now. I'm here to tell you God has a promise to you. And that promise is you may fall down seven times. But seven times you're going to get right back up again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Father, you hear me now. And over these next few moments, Father, as we delve into the wonderful uh, word that you have prepared for us today, we pray that you would customize it, tailor make it for the individuals at every campus under the sound of my voice, that they would know without the shadow of a doubt that you are a God that has the ability to speak through a man. And in speaking through a man, you speak spiritual divine things that only a God would know. And so today I pray that you would do what only you can do, and that's be God. We prepare our hearts and we're ready to receive. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Now, now, now watch this, watch this. He says, a righteous man may do what? Fall. So I, I want you to help introduce the message to, to, to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor. you remember the commercial? Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, some of you remember that commercial. I was going to play the commercial. I was telling this morning, though, it, was, it seemed to be a little insensitive, so I didn't want to play the commercial today. It starts out a woman, a wonderful uh, woman that's seasoned in her time on earth. She got on and she says, I was definitely ill. And she said, and I, she just a really depressing story. And so I said, I'm not going to play that today. I figure I'd just tell you about it rather than play it. But you remember the commercial in the 80s for all of the different life monitors and life monitor and life lock and life alert and all of this? What it was is that it was for people that were in their homes and, and they were seasoned in their time on earth. And in their seasoning, what was happening is, is that they'd be home alone and they would fall and they would not have the ability to get up on their own. So they had to press a button to call on somebody greater than them to help them get up. I, I, I'm here to tell you, whether you know it or not, at some point in your life, you've been the lady in the commercial where you've been falling and you've lost your way and you have to press a button and say, Look, somebody better help me because I've fallen and my God, I don't know how to get up. Now, now, now watch this. The word fall has three, three really interesting definitions that we're going to look at. Uh, the first means uh, fall. It means to descend under the force of gravity to a lower place through a loss or lack of support. I'm going to give it to you again because I know you didn't get it. To descend under the force of gravity. Now, what's gravity's natural force? To do what? Pull down. And it says you're pulled down to a lower place through loss or lack of support. You've you got to understand the natural gravity of life is designed to pull us from our devotion to God. The natural gravity of life is to do everything and anything that it can to get us away from serving God, to get us away from the house of God, is to get us away from a place where we can receive the word of God. And please understand, and, and in that natural gravity, uh, that gravity takes place through distractions. You, you ever been so distracted by a situation you woke up wanting to go to church, but the situation told you you better stay home today. Can we be real in the house? You said, I got to get the word today, but my God, I got all of these situations. This gravity is pulling me, and it's pulling me away from my devotion to God. So this is where we see people falling away from church and they fall away from faithful attendance and from faithful service to God and from integral fellowship. They fall because they get distracted by people and circumstances and gravity is doing everything it can to pull them away from the house of God. But I think there are some witnesses in the house today that say, I didn't come up under that fall. I, I, I may have been there a few months ago, but today I beat the hell out of that thing and I let it know I'm a, what, this is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. I'm get myself up if I got to wipe the tears from my eyes watch me get up and come into the house of God Amen. not gonna let nothing keep me from my devotion I, I know gravity is doing everything it can to pull me from God but I won't let it but the second definition of fall it means to yield to attack to yield to attack I embedded in every attack or situation you face in life is designed to get you to question God right in there in the middle there is a question it gets you to it's, it's an enigma wrapped inside of a mystery wrapped inside of befuddlement it, it is a very unique situation because in every attack there is this question that pervades in the back of your head if God is real why am I going through this 
if God really loved me, why did I have to face this? If God really cared about me, why do I, am I talking to anybody? Why, why do I have to suffer this? Why do I have to deal with that? And so embedded in every tack is a desire to get us to yield, to say, well, maybe God isn't what he says he is. Maybe his reality is not the way I thought it is. Maybe maybe he's just a person that set everything into motion, but but now you know he's not really involved. Or or, or, or maybe maybe he's real, but maybe he just doesn't have any authority. Maybe my job really is a better authority than God, or or maybe my spouse is a better authority than God. And so embedded in every attack is the desire to get you to question God. We've all been there. We, we've all had days and moments where we said, Lord, I, I don't, my God. You like the man Jesus taught. You said, Lord, I believe, but help. Yeah. And you ever been where your unbelief been 80% and your belief been 20%? So, so sometimes your unbelief will overshadow your belief. And you're saying, God, I'm, I'm serving you now more faithfully than I ever have. Why? All of these extra problems and all of these extra issues embedded in the attack. It's this desire for the enemy to get you to yield and say God really isn't who he said he is. But now the third, third definition of fall, and this is where I wanted for us to get today, the third definition. It means this. It, it means to be badly wounded. To be badly wounded. Now, of course, in the context the dictionary is setting up, uh, the fall there, it's setting up a physical wound. But you and I both understand we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But rulers and principalities of darkness and high places, etc. Bishop, what does all that mean? We're not fighting against the person sitting next to us. We're fighting against what's in the person sitting next to us. You're not fighting your boss. You're fighting what's inside of your boss. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not fighting a disease. You're fighting what's on the inside of the disease, which is the desire to get you to fall. Are you still here? In the commercial, in the commercial, I love it because, because that was a woman. She was in her house. She was not out at the club after bingo. <laughs> she wasn't going for two for one for black IP. No. This was a lady in the safety of her home. Let's for just a moment. Can we just pretend for just a moment? Let's pretend for a moment that her home is the church. So this wasn't a woman that needed to come home. This was a woman that was at home. But while she was at home in the what? Church. Watch this. She was stuck in something she didn't know how to get out of. You missed it. Which meant she wasn't a prisoner in her own home. While she was in the house of God, she was still a slave to something she I'm not talking to anybody. Something she didn't know how to get out of. Watch this. She was a prisoner in a place she was supposed to be free. That's why, baby, you got to come as you are, but don't plan on staying that way. Because if you let this word begin to saturate you and you let it begin to speak into you, it doesn't matter what you face. You'll remember something that was said in the service, something that was said in the worship experience. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself being like that righteous man, that righteous bobblehead. You get knocked back, but you just keep popping back up. She was now in church. She was at home. But while she was at home, she was a prisoner to something. Say no prisoners in our house. 
I refuse to be what God is sick of, which is a babbling preacher that has nothing good to say and leaves people in bondage and leaves them stuck, but they're shouting. That's why every time I take this microphone, I'm intent on getting in your stuff. Why? Because God wants you to be greater and better than you are. God is not satisfied with you being an average nailer. He's not satisfied with you being some average person. God says, I want you to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. And sometimes you need somebody in your face that's going to tell you, you can't quit now, baby. You, you can't stop now. So come as you are, but don't plan on staying that way. Maybe yours, though, isn't, isn't, isn't help I've fallen and I can't get up. Maybe yours is more like, help, I've been hurt, and I can't get over it. I've been hurt by my family. I've been hurt by my friends. I've been hurt by myself. Bishop, I'm sick of me. The prodigal, the prodigal son, the Bible says he joined or connected or married or lived in that country. Say that country. That country is the place where he had actually fallen, which means this. That country is your help I've blank, and I can't get up. What is your blank? What, what is your that country? He started living in his fall rather than coming out of his fall. So, so what is it for you? Help I've been betrayed. Help I've been hurt. Help I've been let down. Help I've been disappointed. Help I got pain of my children not being what I thought they would be. You, you, you got to be like the woman in the commercial. She had enough sense to know that she needed help. I wish there was some folk in the house that weren't too arrogant and weren't too prideful to say, I need some help. If you could have figured everything out on your own, guess what? It would have been figured out. So obviously, you do not possess the ability to figure everything out on your own. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't got it all like that. Tell them, you ain't got it all like that. No, you ain't got it all like that. Now watch this. Hurt exists because of pain. But pain is always connected to purpose. Say it again. Hurt exists because of pain. There, there is no... There is no pain if there's no hurt. They, 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 they are hand and glove. They go together. But pain always points to purpose. Say that. Pain always points. Now, now you're saying, Bishop, Bishop, what, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, when you find yourself in a fall, whether it's an attack or whether gravity's pulling you away from God, pulling you away from praying, pulling you away from worshiping, pulling you away from serving, or, 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 or maybe you, you're, you're, you're in a hurt or you're in a situation of pain, don't ask, why me? If we're honest, all of us occasionally ask that question as if God is obligated to answer it. Okay, I got to take these off because obviously y'all can't see what it means. Okay. We've all said God as if with an attitude to say we're above this. God, why me? Well, here's my question. Why not you? Can I tell you something about your neighbor? God doesn't trust average people with pain. God doesn't trust average people with trouble. Bishop, what do you mean? God handpicked Job and said, I know if Job can go through this, I know he's going to make it through it. He may have some dark days and some dark moments, but I trust him. If God trusts you with pain, you must be somebody bad. You must be somebody God knows to you. Any people ever had some pain? Can I tell you that's because God can trust you with the pain? You don't trust just anybody with pain. 
some of the stuff you've been through, folks would have blew their brains out. They, they would have killed somebody. They would have ran their car off of the bridge over here. They call it the damn bridge over here. They would have ran, but you made it. That's the name of the bridge. That's why I'm pointing, don't y'all? Name of the bridge. It's called the damn bridge. Some of y'all know I know you. You's gonna jump out and say, "Yeah, Bishop." God doesn't trust anybody with pain, because everybody. Does. Can I tell you something? I, I have a high pain tolerance. I, I I have a very high pain tolerance. I, I can you, you know I can get you know cut and all different things physically and whatever. And I and I'm just I'm cool. I'm good. Just bring me five of them Advils and I'm fine. I'm joking. When you have a high pain tolerance, you have the ability to handle situations and circumstances that other people can't. See, maybe you don't know who you are. See, you are a living, walking, talking, breathing miracle. Because the pain tolerance you have, only elephants should be able to tolerate. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He doesn't trust everybody and anybody with pain. So when you find yourself in a situation where there's hurt and hurt leads to pain and pain leads to purpose, when you find yourself there, instead of saying, why me? Be like the woman in the commercial and say, Lord, help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Now, somebody saying, Bishop, I don't want to confess that. I don't want to say that. You've told us about the prior confession. I don't want to be saying I can't get up. No, here's what you're saying. What you're saying is, God, in my own strength, getting over this is impossible. No, 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 no. God, in my own strength, what they did to me after all I did for them. Oh, I guess you ain't never been there. I, I, I guess you ain't never co-signed on nothing for nobody. I guess you ain't never bought nobody food when they didn't have food. I guess you ain't never been somebody's ride when they didn't have a car. And the moment they got a car, they couldn't see you no more. I, okay, y'all y'all ain't said. I guess you ain't never been somebody's provider to only think they were going to reciprocate it back to you. To only find out when they got on their feet, they ran as fast as they could. See, what I'm saying is, is God, help, I fall and I can't get up. What we're saying is, God, in my own strength, I don't know how I'm going to be able to deal with this or how I'm going to get over it. But with you, your word makes a promise that all things are possible. So when I'm like the lady and I'm pressing my life alert, I'm saying, God, help, you better come help me because I want to hurt somebody. You got to. All right. All right, I've, I've, I've summoned the inner thug in you. Some of y'all, that's right, Bishop. I see what I've done. You know what gets me about the story about the prodigal son? Can I tell you something that really gets me? Is the prodigal son gets all of the attention. But rarely is the older brother, the father, or even the family's perspective discussed. I'm sure that they were hurt. I'm sure that they were in pain. And what I love about the Bible is it's not some abstract collection of fairy tales, but it's real people with real lives that face real issues, but a real God brought them through these issues. You don't see them deal with the pain in the text. Watch this. Because they didn't handle their pain publicly. Some people's problem is that when they're in pain, they let it be all over their face. And so what they do is they let the devil see them sweat. But I think there's some people in the house that say, I know how to have pain and deal with my pain in private. 
which means I don't let everybody, but watch this, watch this, watch this. I don't have to walk around with my head down. I don't have to walk around looking defeated. No, I am a king. I am a priest. I am more than a conqueror. So sometimes my pain can't be handled in public. I got to go in the back room and have a private pain healing session. You don't see the family, the father, or the older brother deal with their pain in the text because they dealt with their pain in private. So when, the, so when the prodigal showed back up, they wanted him to know, you didn't phase us. J- just so you know. You didn't phase fa- Bishop, what are you trying to say? You, you got to sometimes look at the very thing that hurts you. And you got to tell it, you didn't phase me. You didn't stop me. You didn't keep me from serving God. You didn't keep me from coming into the house of worship. No, you didn't phase me. I tell you to look at your neighbor and touch him and say, it didn't phase me. It didn't phase me. Sometimes you got to look at a problem and you got to look at Goliath and say, you may look real big, but Joker only take us one rock to knock you down. You did not phase me. I'm not losing no sleep over the. Why? Because I'm like MC Hammer, baby. I'm too legit. You're still here. I'm sure they were hurt. I'm sure they were in pain. You don't see it in the text. You don't see it in the scripture because the inference is they dealt with it in private. And the truth be told, some of you, you got so many issues and so many things and so many things people have done to you. You, you, you got to have private healing sessions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Why, Bishop? Because sometimes well, well, says, one of the greatest things you'll ever learn, especially for those of you that aspire to ministry, is how to deal with, pri- uh, with private pain in a public setting. Uh, say pain. Now, now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. There are three things at work when you experience pain. How many? Three. That I mean it's just simple. Now, three things at work when you experience pain. Watch this. First thing is you got to understand it's not really your pain. Flip to Psalm 55, 22. Won't you see it? Psalm 55, 22. Say, my, this pain is not mine. Worst thing you can do is sit up in here and try to take on problems that aren't yours. I learned a long time ago to quit trying to be folks Jesus. I refuse to take on stuff that is just above my ability. Listen, what are you trying to say? Psalm 55, 22, you got it? Look what it says. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Not your job, not the friend you call whenever problems go wrong. Not the family member you tell all your issues to? No. He says, cast your care, say pain, pain, on the Lord, and he will be the one that sustains you. And look what it says. He will never let, there's that word again, righteous. Who are you talking to? Be shaken. Oh, what are you trying to say? When you're dealing with pain or hurt or whatever it is, you got to learn that it's not even your pain. It's his. Which means when you're dealing with a situation, uh, do, do this. Do that. Okay, okay. So when, when somebody betrays you, boop. It's not my problem. No, not my problem. You know, you know the greatest the greatest phrase I ever learned? I know Hebrew, I know Greek, I, I you know the greatest phrase I ever learned? That sounds like a personal problem. When people come with problems, something I got that's a personal problem, baby. You need to take that to the Lord. Got it? So when pain comes in your life, you got to say, that's not my problem. That seems like a personal problem for somebody else to deal with. At, boop. Cast your care. 
cast your cares, your pain, your hurt, your frustration, your disappointment. That's not yours. Why are you holding on to something that does not belong to you? Bishop, why is it not mine? Because when he hung on that cross, what he was saying is, when he said, it's finished, he said, I've already taken care of their pain, their hurt, their disappointment, their issues, their proclivities, their nuances, whatever it is, I've already taken care of it. So give me my stuff. I like Peter's version. I was telling him this morning, I like Peter's version because Peter's version says it like this. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Now, most people read that and they'll say, but the Lord really cares about me, and that's why I give him my cares. They, they, just, they just miss some of the commas and some of the, the, the whole context. They, they miss that. They miss that. Because here's what Peter's really saying. Peter's saying, cast your cares on God because he cares for you. No, no, no. Which means I give my pain to God, and my pain becomes his pain, which becomes his issue. No, 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 you, you, you're not getting it. Cast your cares. Oh, Give your neighbor a dollar. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, get, 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 no, no, you ain't get to get you. Now, now, look at your neighbor and say, uh, act like you're giving him a dollar. Okay. Now, when you get him that dollar, now, y'all rich in here, so I know you probably have a hundred or something. <laughs> y'all are well to do, so I know you probably gave. You probably gave me an Amex black card, didn't you? I know. That's what you gave me. Now, now watch this. When you give them that dollar, it's now their dollar to spend. So you don't get to go back to them and say, now what you do with that dollar? Where that dollar go? This is what you're trying to say. When you give something to God, it becomes none of your business what he does with it. So when I cast my cares on the Lord, that's your problem. You deal with that. So, 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 so the pain, it, it, it's not really mine. Well, well, watch this, because if you're a believer, if you're a believer, I can cast my cares on him. And if you're not before the worship experience is over today, you will be one. I cast my cares on him. Now, here, here's the real question. I know what y'all are thinking in your, in your mind. Bishop, how do I really do that? Because some of y'all have Indian giving syndrome. Well, you give and take and give and take. And Lord, this is yours. But well, let me have it. Let me look at it, though. Let me just see real quick. Let me see it real quick. Come on, y'all, please quit trying to be, quit all that trying to be churchy. You know, this morning you prayed and gave something to God. And, it, and right now you're thinking about what you gave him. When I give it to him, watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, when, you, when you gave that neighbor you know, that dollar. It's not your job to worry about what they do with it, how they spend it, where it goes. When you gave it, you relinquished ownership of it. So when I give God my cares, my disappointments, my failures, my issues, my pain, whatever, when I give that to God, I'm saying I no longer own that. What I own is what you say about me. So I exchange this fear for faith. I exchange this pain, watch this, for purpose. I exchange this hurt for healing. And it no longer becomes my problem. The reason why some folks take stuff back, though, is because they never make the replacement. And you give him pain, but you don't put no purpose there. 
You give them hurt, but you don't put no healing there. That's why people say time heals all. That's a lie. It's what you do with the time that determines whether or not you heal. Because there's some stuff you ain't talked about in 30 years, but if we bring it up, you'll fall down and break down right now. Are you still here? Now, second thing, second thing. I'm not helping anybody. Second thing, second thing that's at work when you experience pain. Now, let me just check the house. How many people you experience pain, 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 pain? All right, good. Second thing, you're on the potter's wheel. You're on the potter's wheel. That's why sometimes life feels like you're spinning out of control because you're on that wheel. And it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning. But the spin is part of the process. Flip to Jeremiah 18. Won't you see this? Flip to Jeremiah 18. Won't you see this? Jeremiah 18, 4. Jeremiah 18, 4. On the potter's wheel. Notice it's not your wheel. You're on his wheel. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Jeremiah 18, 4. Could you imagine if God let you be the potter of your own life? Do you know how messed up that pot would look? It would be all crooked on one side and Jeremiah 18, 4, you got it? And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. Now, marred there has several different meanings, but it, it, it means it's in a condition of pain. It's in a condition of hurt. It's in a condition of a fall. And the vessel he made was in a fallen state. But look whose hand it was in. It was in the hand of the potter. See, the thing I love about God is he can take anybody and anything and do whatever he wants to do. No, 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 you're not hearing what I'm saying. God will take an ex-prostitute and make her a pastor. God, 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 God will take whoever he wants to and mold them into whatever he wants to mold them into. He'll take a drug head and make him a deacon. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He'll make him a nobody and make him a somebody. He'll, he'll take a mistress and make them a minister. You're not hearing me. Look what it says, though. It was in the hand of the potter. So, so now watch the second part. They got it this morning. Let's see if y'all can get it at the second service. So he made it again. Okay. Y'all, 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 okay. All right. All right. Come on, 11. Come on. So he made it what? Again. It's just like God to get rid of everything and start over again. See, that's why some of you feel like I'm starting my life all over again. You know why? Because God took a hammer, broke the whole part, and said, I'm going to make you again into another vessel. So that's why sometimes it feels like you're starting from scratch. You're, you're building on broken pieces. You're starting from square, not one, but square zero. You know why you feel like that? Because God says, Boop, I broke the whole part, and I'm making it again into another vessel. Say another vessel. But I'm, look, look, look at this, this, this second part. This is what's going to get you. As it seems good to the potter to make. <laughs> See, sometimes we don't understand why we have to deal with what we do. But the potter, Jesus, is doing what seems good to himself. Uh, he does not consult you about what's good to him. Let, let me help your name. God does not need any cosigners. He, he, he needs no one's permission. I, I, you know what I'd appreciate if he would do? If he'd like ask. And I'll sit here and think you ain't thought the same thing. 
Okay, like, Lord, you know, like, okay, can we talk about this first? Like, give me, there you go, a warning. Just, just, let's have a, just a conversation. Your word says talk and pray. I'm trying to talk and pray. Now, can we have a conversation about this trouble here? Can we have a conversation about this pain? Can we have a conversation about these children? Can we have a conversation about my money? Can we have a conversation about this relationship? Can we have a conversation? And you know what God does to the pot? He looks back at the pot and he continues to mold. He does not ask the pot how the pot feels about what he's doing to the pot. Uh, in one of the videos I was watching uh, about when they were doing it, there was a potter and they were doing a demonstration and then the potter's wheel was going and all of that. The lady said, uh, you have to get your fingers like lobster claws. I said, good evening. Because doesn't life feel like that sometimes? Like it's a claw on the back of your neck. And every time you try to run and get free, there it be. That is a... Uh, there it be is a southern colloquialism, and the phraseology just simply means there it is. There it is. She said, you get a lobster claw, and when you lobster claw the pot, she, she said it's called, it's called, uh, what's she called? She said it's called breaking the pot. And she said, you get a lobster claw, and the pot starts spinning, 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 spinning. She said, but while the lobster claws on the pot, the walls of the pot begin to ascend. See, while you feel like you're going down, and while you feel like all hope is lost, and when you feel like you can't take no more, God says, what you don't see is I'm actually building I'm actually building you. Uh, he, see, he, he says, it's what seems good to him. See, that's why it's never too late unless you think it is. See, he's not the God of a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. He is the God, baby, of another chance. See, I don't know about you, but see, two chances wouldn't be enough for me. I, 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 three chances wouldn't be enough for me. Four, matter of fact, you need to just even quit counting. I just need another. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Anybody say, Lord, I stopped counting my sins. I just know I need another chance. I stopped counting my issues. I just know I need another chance. See, God is so awesome that he will let you get dirty so you appreciate being clean so you can go and become a cleaner. And I'm going to look into that. We're going to look into that in just a moment because I'm going to help you link your pain to your specific gift. All right? I have five minutes to do it. So y'all come on here. You ready? Now, third thing, third thing, third thing, third thing at work in your pain is what's called the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. Now I'm going to give it to you in very scientific terms and then I'm going to break it down. The butterfly effect, in chaos theory, the butterfly effect is the sensitive dependence on initial conditions where a small change in one place in a nonlinear system can result in large differences to a later state. For example, the presence or absence of a butterfly flapping its wings could lead to the creation or absence of a hurricane. This spiritual layman's terms. Whether God planned it or I fell into it, even though God could have stopped it, he allowed it on purpose for my purpose. I'm going to say it again. Whether he planned it, because here's the truth. There's some stuff we got into that we know wasn't part of the plan. 
You, you know you didn't have no business being with so-and-so, and you thought, I'm just going to do this. I just got to do, you only live once. I got to do this for myself. God can change people. Right. God can change folk, not you. What you sign up for at the altar is what you ought to expect the rest of the life. You don't buy somebody with contingencies. I'm going to help somebody. There's some stuff that was nowhere near the plan. God said, you don't need that car, but Lord, I need to do something for me. All my life, I've been doing stuff for other people. And I just need, Lord, just give me what, Lord, can I have one day? And $60,000 later, and $800 a month car no later. So what is the butterfly effect? Whether he planned it or I messed up and got into it, even though he could have stopped it, he allowed it on purpose for my purpose. See, God will allow an abusive marriage. He'll allow you to have a child out of wedlock. He'll allow you to hang with the wrong crowd. He'll allow you to get locked up. He'll allow you to make bad business decisions. He'll allow all of those things because of purpose. Say purpose. Now watch this. Pain brings revelation that causes contemplation about your situation that spawns reformation. Get to you again. Uh -uh. Pain brings revelation. What is revelation? I see something I didn't see before. What is contemplation? I think about what I just saw. About my situation, what I'm currently dealing with. And it spawns reformation. What's reformation? Change. Your pain is what made you change. People change when they learn enough that they want to or they hurt enough that they have to. See, it's your pain that made you stop being so gullible. It's your pain that made you stop trying to be everybody else's Jesus. It's your pain that made you stop trying to solve the world's problems. It's your pain that made you stop trying to say the world's equal and hug trees. It's your pain. It's your pain that 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 makes you makes you makes make makes you a wiser person. That's why we sing that song, Never Would Have Made It. How did you get stronger and wiser and better? You didn't get that way just by going through it. You got that way because there was some pain that made you better. There was some pain that made you wiser. You remember the lessons where pain is inflicted. It's called the law of linkage. I've told on it before. When you were a little child, I remember, I, look, I was a kid, I remember, and, and we used to eat chitlins. Now, we didn't just eat them at holidays. We just ate them because it was the weekend. You know, it's just chitlin weekend. You know, I understand y'all, you don't eat chitlins. I understand. I understand. But where I'm from, we eat chitlins, or chitterlings, as the, as the box calls them. So you say, Bishop, where we get that from? Some pain? Because uh, Master them threw out the rest of the pig. And we said, oh, you think you're going to stop us? Oh, no. We'll take the pig from the rooter. Some of the stuff folk eat in the country, y'all ain't saying nothing. That was both out of pain. It wasn't because that stuff tasted good. It's because they said, listen, we got to eat. And if you think we're going to sit out here and die, you must be on that stuff. Drinking Drano. I remember, and I remember some chitlins on, 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 in a big pot. And I remember I wasn't quite the height. So I remember because it, it was painful. I wasn't quite the height of the stove. 
And, uh, and so I put my hand up because I was going to see these chitlins. Now, y'all, y'all don't understand. See, these are good chitlins. You, you. See, everybody's chitlins ain't good. You got to be careful whose chitlins you eat. If it's stuff floating in the water, don't eat them chitlins. And they're telling you it's parsley. Mm-mm. Don't eat them chitlins. <laughs> I was going to tell you a story. But I won't tell you a story. And so, and so I put my hand up. And when I put my hand up and it stayed there, uh, I, I tipped over the top of the pot. And, and all of the heat rushed out of the pot and pulled the skin back on my wrist. So my wrist looked like it was a chitlin. I mean, I'm serious. One of the crispy ones, too. I mean, it got crispy. At that moment, I learned something about pots. That if you are not able to see over the pot, you have no business touching the pot. Bishop, what you trying to say? Pain taught me that. Pain is one of the greatest teachers because you will go to great lengths not to experience it again. Are you still here? God, say the butterfly effect. Now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. The greatness and specificity of your calling or your assignment determines your specific pain in life. The greatness or the specificity of your calling or assignment determines your specific pain in life. See, God's way of changing the world is hurt people getting well to help hurt people. That's his way of changing the world. Now, you may look at your pain and you may see it in a linear fashion. But the butterfly effect works in, a, in what's called chaos theory, which just means this, that uh, we, we have a scripture for that. All things work together see i didn't understand why this had to happen in my childhood or why this had to happen last week but they're connected to my purpose oh my god i need somebody to get this i they didn't get this this morning can i give it to you see 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 chaos theory says that there's lots of different things going on but all of those different things at the end will eventually work together for god's people See, which means God will take the good, the bad, and the ugly, put that stuff together, mix it up, and come out with some cheesecake. Y'all, y'all, y'all not hearing? I said, I got you there when I said cheesecake. Amen, Bishop. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Say specific pain, specific purpose. Say it again, specific pain, specific purpose. Say it a third time, specific pain, specific purpose. So let me give you a few real quick. Can I give you a few? Uh, well, let me give you a few. Let me, let me give you a few. If you're gifted with the gift of prophecy from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, we find, we find gifts. They're called motivational gifts. I encourage you to get the CD. And, of course, you'll learn all about this in KLU, Kingdom Life University. Now watch this. If you're gifted, if you're gifted with the gift of prophecy, you will constantly face things that challenge your identity. Bishop, why? You, 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 you will be a person that perhaps deals with violations of a sexual nature. 
you will be a person that perhaps deals with violations of, of your identity. Why, Bishop? Because the gift of prophecy involves seeing. And you will not be able to see well for others if you don't see yourself well. I'm going to help somebody. You, prophecy means to see. Say to see. You can't see well for me if you can't see well for you. So you'll face issues that, that challenge your identity so that it makes you question the vision or the sight. Are you still here? Maybe you're gifted. Maybe you're gifted as a teacher. You, you've got the spiritual gifting. It's built in you as a teacher. Now, here, here's the, some of the pain you will face. You will face educational pain. Bishop, what do you mean? See, you will be the person that people say can't be used to ever teach anything because you didn't get this and this and this and this and this. Okay, can I take it another further? You will be the person that people say can't be used because perhaps there's an educational or a learning dysfunction. Pain speaks to purpose. Are y'all getting this in church today? Come on, if you can't handle it, that's cool. I'll save it for Wednesday. You getting it? So, so, so if I look at my purpose, the antithesis of that is my pain. So if you're gifted with the spiritual gift of mercy, which it is a gift, Jesus, my God, <laughs> a gift some of us is trying to get less of. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. We need mercy because everybody needs some mercy sometimes. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. If you're gifted with mercy, you will constantly face, watch this, Deep betrayal. Why? Because it's designed to make you hate everybody. And there's no better way to hate folks than to have some folks do you so deeply wrong that you don't want to pray, you want to lay hands. Not do them as hands. Watts hands. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Inglewood hands. <laughs> Oakland hands. Okay, watch this. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. If you're gifted with exhortation, what's exhortation? It's speaking life, building other people up. If you're gifted with that, the pain you will face is constant criticism. Uh-huh, uh-huh, because see, because see, the desire is to steal your ability to exhort. So to steal your ability to exhort, I have to steal what makes you exhort. So you will face people always telling you what you're not and how you're not this and you ain't that and you ain't going to be this and you ain't this and your mama wasn't this and your cousin ain't this and that. You will face that kind of pain to steal you building other people up. You, you didn't even know all this stuff was connected. Why? Because the butterfly is flapping its wings. Can I do another further? Well, watch this. Watch this. If you're gifted with an apostolic gift, the apostles, uh, learning KLU, I'm not going to go through that too deep, uh, but they were, they were the foundation layers. They, they, were, they were fathers. They, they, they were the spiritual leadership of the church. If you're gifted with that through your childhood, it will always be moving from place to place to place to place to place to place to place. 
so that you never have any foundation in you so you can't go lay foundation for the kingdom. You'll typically have a marred relationship with any parental figure so that you don't have any example of what it is you are to be. Okay, I'm just giving you teasers. That's all. That's all. If you're gifted, can I give you another? If you're gifted with administration. Now, everybody needs some administration. What is administration? Organization. You ought to just lift your hands and tell them thank you. You will always face situations that you feel to be overwhelming. And the overwhelming feeling of the situation is really false. It's really not that heavy. Your, your pain just makes you think it's that heavy. So you abort it so that you never help administrate anything. If you're gifted with the gift of leadership, your pain will be you will always be accused of being grandiose. You will always be accused of, 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 of being trying to be more than this and trying to do that. You will be accused of being arrogant because leaders are accused of that because they have to get in front of the crowd and leave the crowd. They can't be in the crowd trying to run the crowd. So you'll be accused of that. You'll face pain from that because the desire is to make you not step up to be what you are so that you don't offend nobody. Can I give you another? I will on Wednesday night. Watch this. You are called to do things nobody in your family has done. And they couldn't do because they asked the question, why me? Rather than having enough humility to say to God, help, I've fallen. And let me change it on you. It's not I can't get up. I've got to get up. If you're somebody that says, I got to get up, stand on your feet all over this house at every campus. Hallelujah. You get something today. Hurt, is, hurt leads to pain. Pain leads to purpose. No prisoners in our house. I said no prisoners in our house. I said no prisoners in our house. Can't speak for any other house, but in this house, there is freedom. I speak life into you and declare that you are free from every bondage, from every hurt, from every pain, from every disappointment you've ever faced. Say, Lord, I cast my cares, my issues, my hurt, my pain. I cast it on you. It's no longer my problem. And in this moment, I exchange pain for purpose. With their heads bowed and eyes closed everywhere at every campus, even those watching in the video cafe, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because guess what? Everything I just preached, it sounds wonderful, it's great, it is wonderful, but it's only for believers. This doesn't apply to folk that aren't serving God. So today, if you're not serving God, today is your day to begin serving him and serving him faithfully. 
or maybe you're here and you, you, you've given your life to Christ, but you've broken fellowship with him. You fell away from him. You started doing your own thing. You weren't like the lady in the commercial. You, you were outside the house falling. But guess what? Today's your day. Hear me. There's no condemnation. We don't care where you've been. We don't care what your issues are. We don't care what your mistakes are. There is brand new mercy for you today. And God says, baby, the moment you surrender to me, I will start turning that pain into purpose for you. Help, Lord. I've fallen. And i got to get up. And I'm not too prideful to say that. I'm not too proud. I ain't got nothing to prove to my neighbor about that. If that's you today, you need to become a Christian. And number two, you need to rededicate your life to God. Be sure there'd be nothing worse than coming to the house and leaving with cuffs on. Get those cuffs off of you today. If that's you, on the count of three, you need to become a Christian or you need to rededicate your life. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it now. Slip it up. Slip it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wrestlers, you can go. The wrestlers are coming. They're going to place something in your hand. Come on, celebrate it. Celebrate it. Come on, celebrate it. There's some people that's pushing their buses saying, I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I dare you to just say that. Say, I'm getting up from here. I'm getting up. I'm getting up from here. Ah, from here. Now, Father, we seal this word. We thank you that we can cry on you and cry out to you, rather, in our time of need and say, Lord, help. I've fallen and and I got to get up. I, 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 I can no longer say I can't get up because I've been given the word that tells me I can. So I got to get up. Today's your day to get up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R 10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.